Welcome to episode one of the Vavil Bundesliga podcast. This week, coronavirus has taken over the world. There's no football. Hertha has signed Labadia. Muller signed a new contract. Neuer wants a crazy deal. And football stopped. Hi, I'm Adam Millington, a senior editor at Valve UK and an Eintracht Frankfurt fan. I'm joined by Craig, who is a Mines fan and a writer with Valve UK, and Ronan Murphy from Goal.com. Hi, both of you. Hi, guys. So, there's one real story that's been dominating everything, of course, because there is no football. Uh, coronavirus has taken over, but in the Bundesliga... We've probably been a little bit more proactive than any of the other leagues. And Christian Seifert has come out and given a pretty decent plan as to what they think they're doing. Now both Bundesliga and Zweite Bundesliga clubs are back into training. Uh, he said that he expects the league to start again in May, going on until around July time. And he also said that there will probably be no spectators until 2021. This was reported in the New York Times uh, last week. What's your opinion on that, Greg? I think I think we've seen across across Europe the situation is is just horrific. But Germany seem to be getting a handle on it. They seem to be testing a lot more people. And if, if I don't know what the advice from their government's been for for their for their residents and things like that, but if if the authorities believe that's the right decision, then obviously we have to go on what the German authorities have said 2021 I could I can honestly say I believe that that's I think they're covering their own backs but I think it's likely to be before that I think if if they can get a handle on it um and slowly even if it means the first few games are behind closed doors or finishing this season behind closed doors when they restart the season next season whenever that may be for if it's still August or September then Maybe they'll they'll start allowing fans in, but I I, I can't see it being twenty twenty one when they do let them back in. Um, I think it, if if the coronavirus pandemic sort of calms down a bit and we see that it's something that is possible to have fans back in the stadiums, then I think they'll do that at the earliest opportunity because German football, especially, is a, a game that really cares about supporters. Um, so I think if the opportunity is there for them to be allowed back in, then they'll be back in. Yeah, Ronan, what's your view on the plan put out? Yeah, I would think that that's the kind of realistic goal at the moment, is just to try and get some sort of football back in front of no fans behind closed doors matches. We see the teams back in training, and I think nearly all the teams are are back now, and the fact that they're able to do this, they're able to come together and have small group training, the kind of progress that's been made in Germany compared to the other leagues means that we may actually get to see some football this side of the summer and some domestic football this side of the summer, which which would be great for, for the fans and everyone involved in the business. But I, I think it would be kind of a, a light on the horizon or something like that for 
for people who are stuck in their homes to see that there is kind of some sort of positivity out, out there. And I know football isn't the be all and end all, but it's a great distraction from it would be a great distraction from everything else that's going on in the world if it was able to come back even in a you know behind closed doors and you can only watch it on a television kind of model. Yeah, that that makes sense from my point of view. Uh, I don't think it's coming back anytime soon in England, but Germany, they have got a much better hold on it. The entire outbreak over there is better, and I think behind closed doors is what's needed. There's been so much in the UK, at least with you know the SPFL. I've no clue what's going to happen there in terms of resolving the league. Rangers are going against what the SPFL want to do. Britain. Well, Britain, England, there hasn't really been anything except from step three non-league downwards. Germany, they've got a pretty clear plan. Financially, there have got to be massive impacts on the clubs. I was listening to the Price of Football podcast, Kieran Maguire's, and it makes sense when you see the kicker headline where it's 13 of the 36 clubs could face insolvency just because of how big it is with the the finances are being lost and especially if your tv companies decide not to pay if games don't happen so they need to go on but in the past couple of days i want to say today but i'm not sure uh word of bremen's chairman uh spoke to build and he said that there was a worry that if games were played behind closed doors and there could be situations like when PSG played Dortmund and Valencia played Atalanta Bergamo where you would have quite a lot of fans turning up and watching the games from outside. Do you think that would be the case in the Bundesliga? I even think when the Cologne Gladbach derby happened behind closed doors, there were still quite a few supporters outside. So do you think that would still happen? I think that would be something that is likely to happen. And the only way they'd stop that is if the police were sent out in force with with the order to disperse them um and they'd have to fi- i have to find them because I don't, even then i don't think it, it it would be a really hard thing to to do especially if you've got a massive game at the end of the season where a team would stay up or a team would go down or a team would win the league to not have fans congregating outside the stadium is is nigh on impossible they would have to have something in place to, to make sure it doesn't happen and it would have to be the police it would have to be heavy fines and I think I mean to be honest it may even take for the club to say if you turn up to the stadium we'll ban you next season something like that because there is no way that the fans will keep away from the stadium if their team is going for the title I think the solution there might be perhaps to have the games in neutral venues and make it more difficult for the fans to go to the home matches because the home matches won't be local games I know that that adds the aspect of travel and everything, but if, if they are, if the teams are travelling for away matches anyway, obviously they've, they've taken this into account. But perhaps banning fans from going to future games is, is the way to go, but if you were able to move the, the game away from the fans so the fans can travel to them anyway, that might be the kind of ideal solution. And I know neutral games aren't, aren't beneficial if you've played big teams already away but you've never got to play them at home say for example in the season but I, I think it's kind of unprecedented so we just need to look for any sort of solution at this stage to make sure that football can happen and that people's health health won't be risked because this football is happening yeah one of the good things in Germany compared to 
other places we've seen a lot with the ultras groups coming together and the fans have been coming together to make sure that they're supporting hospitals uh and they're also supporting the clubs at the same time we saw the locomotive leipzig where they sold loads of tickets to a, f- a game against covid19 i think we called it something like that i can't remember the exact but you can see that the organization is there definitely that's one of the few things where they're saying about fans turning up behind closed doors hopefully the fact that supporters are so organized could also help with saying working with the ultras groups and then the ultras groups will kind of realize that a lot of them are they will listen to the club if these happened and they know that if it means them not going to games for the fact that there still will be games in the next season instead then they will do and they'll just support them from the homes i feel like that's one of the, the things that they've got in germany it's in fans the link with the club is much better and they can probably get the ultras groups going like that they've done so much good as well it's been over the headlines where you've had fundraising even our a, a frankfurt fan so you know i there was the big banner that they put over the river mine for atalanta uh there was another club wacker innsbruck that had been fundraising for atalanta uh i saw another who did it for brescia there have been loads of things that have happened to work i've seen uh one's fundraising to buy things for hospital workers it's different to over here where really there's a much bigger disconnect i guess the point you're trying to make is that i i, I know what you mean it's that in germany the fans come together for the sake of football and when needed to rivalries are put aside that's something that we only really see it we only ever really see it in this country is when it's the hills anniversary and you get liverpool and everton coming together that is that's about the best example i can i think you're, what you're trying to make is that clubs will support each other in times of need and in, and probably german football is the best example of it working out in the best way i think i guess that's what you're trying to say yeah that's pretty much it we've even seen with the champions league clubs have put together a, a pot of money to help the rest of the bundesliga and zweiter bundesliga clubs i think it's something like 20 million euros which makes a big difference, whereas over here it's uh, money just from the EFL and the FA, and there isn't really that support, and the links between the clubs saying, right, we'll put things aside. Football's all that really matters at the end of the day for them. Now, off of coronavirus, there have actually been quite a few footballing things that have happened this week in the Bundesliga compared to other leagues. The first one of them is... We've now seen that Bruno Labbadia has taken over as head coach of Hertha Berlin. Uh, it's his 10th, well, yeah, 10th Bundesliga club, I think, for Labbadia. He's had a pretty nomadic career, to say the least. He's coached loads of different clubs. How do you think Labbadia will help turn around Hertha? Because they haven't had a good season this year, to put it lightly. I think they're on 28 points, the same as Frankfurt with a an extra game played in Frankfurt. They've six off the relegation playoff. Do you think Labadia could make a difference to Hertha, help take them around? I think the record, um, I mean, this record of Wolfsburg in his last club was 40, 44% of 
um, win rate. He took over there. He they ended up in the relegation playoff. I know they beat Holstein Kiel in that. He kept them up, and then he, he did all right with them after that. But I, I don't know if he's the man to take care of the Berlin forward. They, they are a massive club that they should be. They, they should be challenging for Europe, and they've the last few years they've. I think, well, ever since they were in the Zweiten Bundesliga, really, they've come back up. They've not really done anything of note. Um, but, I mean, he's a seasoned manager. He's, I guess, if you're trying to stabilise, he's what you need. But personally, as well, as a Mainz fan, if he can not do anything with them and they continue to struggle a bit and Mainz start picking up points when the season resumes, then we'll, uh, we'll be having a different conversation, I think. But, no, I think he's... He, he might be what they need, but I'm not sure. I think he probably is what they need at the moment because they've had such such kind of unrest and so so much kind of nonsense really with Jorgen Klinsmann kind of walking out on them and they haven't really had any stability. And I think someone like Labadia is what they need, a kind of firefighter and there's so many kind of fires in the club at the moment. It is someone like that that, that will do a good job and maybe have steady the ship and like you're saying it he isn't the manager for long term but when you're looking for a short term manager to keep your team up he seems perfect and he's been given a, a contract for another year, another couple of years so I think it will maybe help them kind of consolidate their their space and their place in the Bundesliga maybe get them into the top half of the table and then they can look at maybe building on that and getting a a, a better manager or an upcoming younger manager, maybe finally get Nico Kovac to kind of the dream appointment for them. And I think Labadie is, he will help keep them open. That's the most important thing at the moment. And then they can see where they are next season because they've spent so much money. They, they can't really afford to get relegated. It's just it's just unthinkable for, for the whole team and for the city of Berlin to see them go down. Right, so as well as Labadia to her to the next main contract that has been signed is Thomas Muller. He's already played over 500 games for Bayern in his career. He's never played for anyone else. And he's signed on a new two-year deal. It seems as if Muller is never going to finish his career at Bayern. He, he is such a good footballer that with age it isn't affecting him like it does sometimes with others. He's 30 now, but every single game he is on it and he's playing well. Uh, what do you think about the the signing? It, it was a funny picture with the model serving the two meters social distancing. <laughs> it was a very weird transfer signing confirmation. Uh, what do you think about the extension of his contract? I think you're right. I think he's he's a player that he may never leave by, and he may he may be a one club man. Um, or he could surprise us all and be a bit like Gerard and end up in, in the MLS when he's in his late thirties or something like that. But no, he's 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 still a world class footballer and his goal scoring rate this season or up to where we are isn't as prolific as he has been previously. But you know, Bayern got such a competitive squad now. Uh, but, but he's, I mean, he's he's aging beautifully. Really, he's like he's like a fine wine, and I think he gets better with age. He's one of those players that. You see him on the team sheet even now, and you think, "Oh Lord!" Um, and that's whether you're Dortmund or whether you're Augsburg. You just you worry about what he's going to do to you because he's such a brilliant player. Um, and yeah, if he may well never leave Bayern. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's a he's 
improved with age and that's probably from experience he's kind of more of an intellectual footballer now than maybe he once was and I know he was always kind of completely the space and better or whatever he's able to find this space but I think now as well as that he's able to see the space that other players are going into so he, that's why he's leading the, the Bundesliga in assists he's just he's just improved his passing game as well as his movement and his, his technical ability that was always there so like, I think he it's him that makes Bayern Munich take under Hansi Flick and it's no wonder that they're after giving him a new contract because it's kind of unimaginable to see him play any, anywhere else. And he, he is just thirty. He's just—it feels like he's been around forever. But he's—he is just thirty, and with the way he plays, he—he's not—he never was reliant on pace or speed or anything like that. So he does have the ability to keep playing for another few years, especially in the Bundesliga. So I, I think we will continue to see the best of, of Thomas Muller for another another few years anyway, and perhaps he'll even knock on the door for for Yogi Love's. Euro 2021 squad and maybe Love will decide that it was a bad re- decision to retire because it keeps providing these assists for Bayern Munich it'd be hard to kind of continue ignoring him on an international stage. Right, so it's it feels hard for me to think that it was only a handful of weeks ago, two or three weeks that I was in Germany at Singapore Park watching Frankfurt away at Dortmund before coronavirus was such a big thing, you freely going through airports and travelling countries between going to games. And one person who did stand out in that, none of the the Frankfurt players, it was a, a horrible 4-0 loss. But Jaden Sancho has always been incredible since he signed for Dortmund. Dortmund are probably the best team on the counter that I have ever seen play in, in my life. They are just incredible with Haaland, Royce and Sancho now in the latter half of this season, but everyone else in that team is perfect. Now, Sancho, there have been so many talks linking him to just about every club that you can think of that's a top club, especially Chelsea and Man United. Now, uh, Marco Royce said that he would advise him to stay at Dortmund for another year, maybe two. He said that from his point of view, there is no better place for him to be at the moment when he was talking to build. Do you think Sancho should move? Do you think he will move? I think Marco Royce is right. And I think that is because at, I think at uh, Dortmund, as an Englishman, he stands out. And if you're Gareth Southgate, you're, you're thinking... Usually, England managers are so focused on the Premier League and what Premier League players are doing and, and how they're doing. He's got this lad in Germany that he knows is, is putting on world class performances. I think he's up to fourteen goals this season, and I think if he, I think if he came back to the Pre- if he came to the Premier League, whether Chelsea or United or wherever, I think he'd fade back into. I mean, it's, he'd still get in the England squad, no doubt, but he'd fade back into just another Premier League player. Well, I think he really stands out in the Bundesliga, and it's so it's it's brilliant to see such a young English talent doing so well abroad because sometimes it doesn't work out for them. And he, he's just a world class player, and uh, he's only twenty. I mean, he'll be the, he's going to be one of the best players, if not the best player in the world. I I have no doubt. Yeah, I would agree. I think he, there's huge things kind of in his future, but I, I wouldn't necessarily agree that he'd fade into the background or he'd just become another Premier League player if he did move to the Premier League. I think. He has the ability to be one of the best players in the world now. And I think if he did move to the Premier League, he would be one of the best players in the Premier League. But we kind of 
even has her kind of level of player. But I think because of the way the coronavirus has affected things, perhaps he won't make the first department this season because it's going to be hard to see a team spend over 100 million on a footballer when we have all this furlough stuff and the clubs are running out paying staff and the clubs in lower divisions going out of business. It's going to be hard to see anyone cough up the money for, for James Sancho or any player like that this summer just because of the way football has gone. So I think what we will probably see is him just continue with Russia Dortmund for another season and we'll probably revisit the kind of transfer story next summer. The Sancho story has been a big one. You've had Muller and there's also been another contract story out of Bavaria. That's Manuel Neuer. He's four years older than Thomas Muller. But... Uh, Reported by Build, five-year contract that Neuer wants worth twenty million euros over that time. Just my view to start with. I think that's a a crazy thing for for Neuer, especially at his age. I know as a goalkeeper, you last much longer, but he's dipping uh, in terms of the quality goalkeeper he is. He, I'm not saying he's a bad goalkeeper, but he's not as good as he used to be, per se. I don't understand <laughs> how anyone would pay that sort of contract. I don't think Bayern would pay him something so high for that. He's, of course, been in Bavaria and in Munich for so long since he left Schalke many years ago. But what do you think of that contract uh, that he's asked for? I guess if you're him, it's. I mean, is he is he laying his cards on the table quite early, saying that I'd, I'm going to retire here and this is where I want to end my career, and if you give me this contract, I, I won't leave you. I mean, he's he's not going to be around the national team setup forever, and he's probably got. Maybe he'll creep into his forties to keep playing. I'm not sure, but I, I reckon he's he's just said, look, I want to, I want to stay here. I don't want to move again. I'm at the later stage of my career give me this contract and everyone's happy sort of thing. Um, is it a big ask? Yes. Are Bayern Munich going to be forthcoming? Well, maybe with this whole coronavirus situation at the moment, maybe that sort of put a dent in things. But Rona, I'm not, I'm not sure what you think, whether that's whether that is that the sort of thing that he said that he wants to stay for, for the rest of his career. Yeah, I think the, the contract he's looking for kind of indicates that that is his kind of plan that he wants to be there and he wants to continue to be the number one and even though they have signed Alexander Neubel and he's going to be coming at the end of the season but who knows when that will be obviously at his age Neubel's agent even kind of said that it's for the clubs to work out that if the season is extended we'll see what happens so even the player and agent aren't kind of up to speed on what will happen there but you've seen the way Neubel played for Schalke and they dropped him and so I don't think Neuer's place is under threat and I think because of that he's kind of in good standing that that maybe Neubel isn't the, the the true successor and maybe if they do give Neuer this, this longer contract it could be beneficial for both club and players but I'd actually imagine that because of the way Bayern Munich are operating at the moment they tie down Flick, they tie down Muller, trying to tie down Alaba obviously that they, uh, they will give him the contract, they will negotiate something between the two of them and It'll probably be maybe an, a, a three or four year contract maybe with a, an additional option of extending for another year rather than just giving them the, the long contract in, initially. But I, I can see him finishing his career there definitely and 
and becoming a Bayern Munich legend and maybe going into coaching at the club or something after that. Out of uh, transfer stories, there's probably one other recently that's cropped up, and that is uh, Deo Upamecano. I've probably said the name wrong there from RB Leipzig. Now, he's been linked with just about everyone again in the Premier League. United, City, Arsenal, but then also Bayern, Real Madrid, you name it, they've thought of him. Do you think he a move to the Premier League would be the move for him? He said that he wants to decide his future in the summer, in the past. Do you think it could happen? Anything that was said pre-COVID-19, I think, it's it's now it now hangs in the balance, I think. He's one of those it's one of those situations where the clubs that were tracking him may now have had to completely have a rethink about where their where their money goes in the transfer window, whether that is still in the summer or not. I mean I um I saw him I saw him play against Aston Villa in pre season and he was he didn't stand out um at all. And I mean if you look at how Aston Villa have have done this season in the Premier League he's and they they won three one that day against Leipzig, and he didn't stand out at all. But yeah, again, it's it's one of those situations where you just have to wait and see what the clubs want to do. There's no reason why he wouldn't make a great Premier League player, but he may not be on everyone's shopping list now with with everything that's been going on. Yeah, I think the the big stumbling block is maybe the fact that Leipzig are looking for the sixty million release clause for him. They're not kind of willing to sell him for less than that and that could be a problem for many clubs even though Arsenal are always on the hunt for a new centre-back I think he, he probably is he probably is good enough to be to be a, a regular starter for a team that are pushing for the Champions League place or uh, definitely the Europa League side and I think Arsenal will be a good fit for him if they are willing to, to stump up the money he's, a, he's kind of one of these solid strong centre-backs he kind of reads the game well he he maybe doesn't have to make all the tackles that other players have to make. He he just kind of positions himself well, and he he reads kind of opponents, and he, he's that sort of. Uh, I'm kind of reluctant to say it, but he's a kind of Virgil Van Dyke of a of a defender that kind of mould. Obviously, not not to Van Dyke's level. He has the potential maybe to be a similar sort of defender. So it's it's clear why Premier League teams are looking for him. He may not have done that well against Aston Villa in pre-season, but he's he's definitely improved since then, and he's probably been one of the most consistent defenders in the Bundesliga, maybe for the last four or five months. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Vavil Bundesliga podcast. We've had our fair share of technical difficulties to get round to record this. It's not the easiest. Everyone in lockdown right now. Hope you're all staying safe and uh, staying home. Of course. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so that you can keep up to date whenever the next episode comes out or follow us at Vavil Bundesliga. We will now be using that Twitter account. Thanks, Ronan, for joining us. Thanks, Craig. And until next time, bye-bye.